Hi folks, I'm Adam Skandarani and you are listening to the Brilliant Dog Pod, where we're talking all things dog training. The only rules? It's got to be effective, it's got to be fair, and it's got to be fun. Hello everyone. Today's topic of interest has been inspired by a few Instagram questions um, from a few followers and it is quite timely. I have nothing to announce yet, but I feel like it's an important topic to be considering and thinking about, um, whenever you own a reactive dog. And that is the topic of bringing home a puppy to a reactive dog home. So if you have a reactive dog in your household, I consider your home to be a reactive dog household or a reactive dog home. And bringing home a puppy to one of those homes can be a little daunting and it can seem a little overwhelming when you're trying to prepare for this. There are a lot of factors that you need to consider when bringing home a puppy to your reactive dog household, and one of the biggest considerations, in my opinion, is safety. Um, I also want to think about my dog's abilities with other dogs. So, for example, are there any situations in which my dog is safe with other dogs? And then, are there any situations in which my dog is not safe with other dogs? So, for example, with Flash, he is the safest um, when he is out in nature, hiking trails um, with other dogs. That is when he is safest with other dogs. Um, he is safest um, with dogs that will come upon us on the trails. He is um, pretty safe with dogs that startle us. Um, he is still muzzled while on trails because he can be snarky and he is a forward bark barky, lungy boxer. And he... Um, also has um, regressed a little bit in his um, ability to handle startling situations. So he does wear a muzzle out on the trails anyway. It's a pretty soft barrier of safety, but that's because he's still ultimately pretty safe with dogs on trails. Um, and situations where he's not really safe with other dogs include anything in an enclosed Space. So think of um, bringing dogs into my physical house. Um, he isn't really safe with introductions that way. So I never introduce him to new dogs in the house, um, especially not without a muzzle or a leash on him at the same time. Um, another thing I want to consider with my dogs is, are there any barriers of safety that that I need for my dog with other dogs. So as I already mentioned, Flash wears a muzzle when he is out on the trails. That's a pretty, and it's a soft Baskerville muzzle. Like it's, it's a, you know, molded plastic muzzle. Um, and again, it's because he is pretty safe with dogs. It's really just a deterrent. Um, and it will stop him from landing any accidental bites if he's over aroused and doesn't really know what he's doing with his body and especially his mouth. Um, so those, that's a barrier of safety that he is, um, that he, that we use while we're out on the trails. Another barrier of safety out on the trails, for example, would be a long line. Um, Flash is generally off-leash, and he is safe to be off-leash. Um, but if I feel he needs an extra barrier of safety for whatever reason, he is put on a long line. So that 
limits where he is able to go and limits the his ability to get to other dogs that are further ahead of us on the trail. Um, so barriers of safety for dogs um, can come in different levels. There are some soft barriers, there are some hard barriers, and there are some in-between barriers. So you really want to be asking yourself also, what level of safety barriers do you need? Are they good with just tethering or dragging a leash, or do you need a tether and a muzzle, for example, or do you need a muzzle and an X-pen? And so barriers of safety can look like different things, right? So we have the softer muzzles or easy muzzles to get out of like the Baskerville muzzles. Um, how many times can I say muzzles without it sounding absolutely weird? Um, but anyway, um, soft muzzles, you have hard muzzles, you know, those are the, the steel basket muzzles. Um, you also have things like Jafco muzzles. Those are like the molded plastic muzzles. Um, you have X-pens um, are a barrier of safety. Leashes are to a barrier of safety. Um, and also space can be a barrier of safety. So space in between two dogs can be considered a barrier of safety. And inside the house, that barrier of safety might look a little bit different than um, how it looks outside the house because you can gain more distance outside of a confined space, obviously. And so you want to think about what kinds of barriers of safety um, exist out there. And there are many more that I didn't list over here. Um, Sarah Streming um, spoke at the Aggression and Dogs Conference uh, this past um, September or October. I don't remember exactly which day she presented on, um, if it was in September and October, but that doesn't really matter. <laughs> I digress. Um, and she spoke on intra-household aggression. And one of the things she spoke um, heavily on was barriers of safety and the types of barriers of safety. And so I highly recommend you go check out that webinar if it's available for sale without um, the rest of it. I don't I don't know how Mike does his stuff. So I don't know if they're actually available for purchase after the conference. But anyway, um, I'm sure she will do this talk again. And if you guys really want um, a little more information on what some barriers of safety can look like, I will happily include some. I might include on Patreon a video of a voluntary sharing protocol between my previous boxer Sansa and my cat Monster and what that looks like. Sansa and Monster were both on platforms um, and those platforms were considered barriers of safety. They were soft barriers, easily broken by Sansa if she needed to uh, feel, if she felt the need to break that barrier and go after a monster. So we also didn't start that protocol like that with them sitting next to each other on platforms. We started it with them further away behind X-Pens. Sansa was in a muzzle, you know, those kind of things because Sansa was very food aggressive. So you also want to think about how you are going to introduce your dog to the puppy. Will it happen inside the house? Will it happen outside the house? Um, and this ties back into my first two questions. Is there any situations in which your dog is safe or unsafe around other dogs? And how many barriers of safety will there be? So you want to think about those. Um, I originally had not intended for Flash to really interact with or meet Wibble when I brought Wibble home for a couple of days, but circumstances changed and I ended up needing to bring Flash with me um, to pick Wibble up. And so they spent 
uh, a good 12 hours in the car together, separated by a crate barrier, um, for Flash to get used to him and used to his smell and his sounds and just his existence as a dog that is now in his vicinity. And for Flash, that is actually the safest way to introduce him to a new dog, is to do so driving in the car together, because that is how he has spent the majority of his life meeting new dogs, is riding together in a car. Um, you also want to think about how long will it be before your reactive dog meets your puppy. So you want to know if you're going to introduce your puppy to your reactive dog right away, or if you're going to wait a few days, wait a few weeks, wait a few months. Um, and that really depends on your dog and your situation and what you are able to make work. So like I said, I wasn't planning on introducing Flash to Wibble for um, a couple of days after I brought Wibble home. I really wanted to settle him in first, but he got to know him a little bit that same night because he rode with him in the car all day and it was fine. Um, yeah, so like Flash really wasn't slated to meet Wibble without an X-Pen or a Cray for at least two months. And he showed me that he was ready to meet without any barriers of safety, like legitimately the next morning. And it, like I said, it helped having them ride in the car together for like the 12 hours it took to take to bring Wibble home. Um, another thing I really want to consider is the puppy's personality and my reactive dog's personality. So like, here's an example. Flash is very quick to react to sudden appearances of people and dogs. And do I really want Wibble to learn that? So that is going to dictate when I start hiking them together and things like that. Um, Flash is an experienced off-leash hiker. Um, even though he is reactive and his reactivity is manageable enough that I risked taking Wibble out on walks, to, um, so that he could learn off-leash skills without having to worry about him picking up on Flash's reactivity. So like, yes, Flash is a reactive dog and do I want Wibble to pick up on those things? Um, not really. But also, Flash is a super experienced off-leash hiker, and the skills and the knowledge and um, the appropriate behavior that Wibble would learn through being around Flash off-leash in nature were far outweighed, like the benefits of those things far outweighed the risk of Wibble learning how to be reactive from Flash, and that proved to be the case. Um, another consideration that falls under safety and personalities is size disparity. So Flash outweighs Wibble by a good 51 pounds, and this is a huge consideration when deciding how much time together they will have or how they will meet or how many barriers of safety will be between them when they meet and when they interact with each other, especially for a few months. So like now, Flash and Wibble are absolutely safe together. Um, they play together all the time. They are great buddies. They are best buddies. Um, especially now that Flash's anchor dog um, and his best, best, best friend Sansa passed away. It took him a while to really warm up to Wibble because Wibble was still pretty young when Sansa passed. Um, but now he and Wibble are best buddies. And um, it took a little while for that to happen, but I don't worry about that. 
That doesn't mean that I leave them together unsupervised. Even if I have to go to the bathroom or go to the shower or something, even if it's just a quick trip to the toilet, one of the two dogs comes with me or Wibble gets put in his X-Pen. Because at the end of the day, he's still an obnoxious teenager and he might do something to Flash that warrants correcting. And if I don't want to risk Flash overcorrecting him when I'm not there to intervene. That could cause a lot more issues for me in the future. So think about that kind of stuff when you're bringing home your puppy and when you're deciding on how much interaction they will have with your reactive dog. Um, yeah, maybe early interaction isn't a terrible idea. Um, maybe they don't have to sit there and not meet for two months. Maybe they don't have to be separated by multiple barriers of safety for a long time. And that is going to be a choice that you make based on your dogs and their personalities and the level of safety you feel you are willing to risk, if that makes sense. So, for example, my original plan with Flash was I would have an X-Pen set up and ready for a Wibble, and I would be kind of crate rotating them. So either Wibble would be out loose and Flash would be in a crate, or Flash would be in a muzzle and a leash uh, would be attached to him, or Wibble would be in an X-Pen and Flash would be loose. Um, and then I knew Wibble would be safe with Sansa because Sansa's favorite thing in the entire world was puppies. And so I knew he would be safe with her. Um, I originally had this plan in place for like two months. Like this is how it would be for a good two months. Well, Flash got used to him. He would obviously be hiking with him um, out in nature and that would be with a single barrier of safety and that would be a muzzle because I know Flash is incredibly safe with dogs out on the trail. Um, and I think that makes a huge difference of how long you want to let your dogs not interact together or have very little interaction together or things like that. I think it makes a huge difference, um, in how well they get along over time. And I think, um, knowing who they are is key to that. So what are some of your questions and concerns when it comes to bringing home your new puppy? I know I didn't go very far in depth here. I just had some considerations that I wanted you to think about. Um, and I really want to hear from you what your questions are. So you can email me um, over at flashofbrilliancedogs at gmail.com. That will be linked in the show notes. And you can also head over to Patreon where I will be releasing a blog blurb tomorrow about um, Flash and Wibble's meeting and how that went and things that I really liked about it. And I don't think I would have done anything differently, but things that I would do differently if I think about them. Um, that will be released tomorrow at the time of this airing. So this will air on Tuesday, Wednesday, that blog blurb will be available. Um, and that's over on Patreon, which is also linked in the show notes below. So questions, comments, concerns, anything you have, feel free to email me. Um, I am very much looking forward to hearing how your reactive dogs and puppies met or the questions that you might have if you have a reactive dog coming home or a puppy coming home soon to your reactive dog household. Until next time, happy training. 
Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. If you would like to support the podcast in a more tangible way, you can head over to my Patreon linked in the show notes and show your support that way. Until next time.